All right, buddy. Welcome back to the show. This is Root Solution, learning how to control the basics. This is Kai. This is Noah. And we're back. <laughs> always the awkward transition. Uh, we're in person together, so that's always nice. Uh, Kai came down and graced in his presence, which I always love oh so much. Um, it's been so long, Kai. So long. Um, so we've been talking about planning out our next four podcasts um, because we're trying to be better about having a plan. Um, and we're actually pretty excited. We're going to, um, we're going to talk through some, some cool stuff. We're going to get into some scientific method, some, um, exposure therapy. We're going to talk about coaches and coaches, maybe have another interview. Could be exciting. Um, Kai and I's life has gotten so damn busy that we've just had to do a better job of like thinking things through. So, but I definitely want to get you guys kind of excited about what's coming. Um, the anxiety transition is officially over, which I no longer have anxiety about. But uh, you guys can see why we were reluctant to take on that topic because, good God, it spirals like crazy. Um, but uh, the feedback on it was really great. And so, what we want to kind of talk about is you know, our approach to how we process information as well as how we try things on ourselves and then how we utilize, you know, different therapies to kind of deal with our stuff. Um, I think this is a great piggyback on anxiety because frankly, we've left you with this idea of like, you've evaluated your anxiety. Now what? Right. And so, um, Kai and I were talking last week and Kai was like, Hey man, I'm doing this new diet, trying something out. And I was like, man, you're just some kind of scientist, Kai. <laughs> and then I quickly realized that that's how Kai and I handle things, is we both are kind, kind of scientific in our approach. And so, um, you know, we evaluate what's wrong, and then we try to find solutions to the problems, right? And sometimes the things we try don't work, and sometimes they do. In this instance, Kai found a pretty intense diet that's pretty crazy. Um, and so I wanted him to kind of tell you guys what it was and why and like what came about and how we got here. Yeah. Uh, so it's not so much a diet as it is like a, a, a protocol. Right? Okay. A lifestyle. Uh, it's, it's a lifestyle, bro. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I mean, when we say diet, you know, you know how we feel about that word. Uh, but yeah, so it's, <clears throat> it's a kind of like a gut reset protocol that goes into, um, like your biomarkers and everything like that, depending on what kind of markers you have, uh, the guy can tell what's, uh, what's going on in your gut. So like uh, SIBO or SIFO, which is small intestinal fungal overgrowth or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And there's two different protocols for each, right? Because one you're attacking fungus, the other one you're attacking bacteria. So there's two different protocols for that. Um, but you know, the, you know, going back to the scientific method and kind of, why I started it, um, you know, one is just being exposed to my coach and, and him telling me about it, but then also like hearing the symptoms and, and things like that, right. you know, about, like we, we research about gut health and all that. Um, you know, I was feeling very lethargic all the time. Um, not like super depressed, but not feeling as good. Right. Sure. Um, and you know, I was on the strong fit protocol for a while right? and it was good. Like I, I, I lost weight, which I wasn't really planning on doing, but <laughs> Um, but you know, it got, it made sense for me at the time. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really easy to follow, but, um, you know, the biggest reason why I wanted to do this protocol was because of uh, who my coach helped and, and who the guy that created this program helped, um, because there's all these underlying factors that 
you know, I don't have solutions for. So, sure. um, so I was like, you know what, if I'm going to, one, I wanted to learn it. Sure. And that's just who I am. I right. just want to learn everything. Um, and the other part was I wanted to help people learn it too. Sure. And so, you know, I can't tell people about it if I've never done it, although I've done that before. <laughs> um, but it, it was just something that, that really sparked my interest and, and was so different than everything else. And I think that's what, you know, catches our eyes that it's so out of the mainstream. Sure. Uh, you know, you got Try it. Well, that was one of the things that kind of stood out to me, right? When when you told me about it, um, and why it was interesting. I mean, we literally kind of were just having a normal conversation. I was like, "Fuck, we should be podcasting this right now." <laughs> um, you know, Kai was having some. I the word anxiety is probably extreme, but Kai was feeling a certain way. Mm-hmm. We've already kind of went over in previous podcasts that anxiety as a whole is realistically just your body signaling change, right? Yeah. And so anxiety has a lot of measures to it. So Kai wasn't necessarily like lamenting overnight about like how the waves he was feeling, but he knew something was off, right? Yeah. And so he got this signal of change from his body, right? That function of anxiety. And then he looked to find change, yeah. right? And so I think that's really important to understand here. And it kind of correlates with what we've been talking about prior is that like sometimes we've got to be our own driver for change. And so Kai went out and was like, yeah, let's try this and let's see how it works. Now the diet itself, cause I know people are going to ask about a billion freaking questions. The diet itself is pretty complex and we could probably do a whole podcast on its own, but essentially it sounds like it just kind of specializes in like gut balance, right? Yeah. So it's the first phase of it is really to, um, to nurture and, not necessarily repair the gut, but just give it a foundation to work off of. Okay. Um, and then the next phase is going to be more on, uh, so I had more bacterial overgrowth. So then that second phase of it is now attacking, getting rid of the bad bacteria, filling it with good bacteria, all that kind of stuff. Um, and honestly, I have no idea what's happening after that. That's all sure. I know. Sure. Phase one and two. It's Dave O'Brien's, right? Dave O'Brien, yeah. He's so out in Australia. If you guys get a chance, you can go follow Dave O'Brien on Instagram. A really, really, really crazy smart guy. And oh for like me to say that, like when people are talking circles for me, it's like, I'm like, wow, that guy's from crazy smart. Yeah. But he's, he's very, very smart, uh, very analytical in his approach. The irony of this was, you know, we had talked about the nutrition co- protocol prior. The thing that we really liked, the strong fit protocol. Um, do you see similarities between this and the stronger protocol? Um, do I see similarities? I mean, in, in a way that you're trying to get whole foods, you're trying to um, avoid processed things, sugars, and all that kind of stuff. Like, those are pretty much the only similarities. Sure. The timing of food is really different. Yeah. Uh, but, and, and I think we have this same um, argument, right? It's like gener- general, um, like generalism or generalizing something like that that versus specificity sure right so this is a really specific right uh protocol whereas strong fit can kind of fit a bigger mold right um but with this it's like if you have these specific biomarkers these specific um inflammation markers and and and, um, gut bacterial overgrowth then you're going to have this specific protocol as opposed to like strong fit like Pretty much general. anyone can do it. Right. Um, it may not be the best for everybody, but it works for, for the majority. And I think that's to me something that was interesting that stood out to me, right? Was when we were talking about this, um, 
it kind of like circles back to even fitness, right? Like yeah. we find that like, you know, like I don't have an issue with CrossFit, right? Like I think CrossFit is fine for most people. Yeah. It's not fine for everybody, right? Yeah. And yeah. so when you start talking about like generalizations, right? Like do they do they offer some sort of solvency? Sure, to a degree. Um, are they the most beneficial for an independent person? Probably not, right? Yeah. And so that was something that like stood out to me really quickly was this is really, really, really detailed. Yeah. Um, I know there's a lot of like supplementation to it, but in terms of like, what did like a breakfast look like for you? Yeah. So it was very hard for me because I had been doing, not necessarily doing it on purpose, but intermittently fasting. Sure. I didn't really have breakfast all that often. Right. And it, and it served me a little bit. Like I didn't really need it, but with this protocol, it's like slow cooked meats in the morning, right in the morning. Right when you wake up. So that was really hard for me. Like yeah. I still, it's hard for me to stomach yeah. all of that. Um, but yeah, you, right when you wake up, you take your supplements and then for breakfast, it's slow cooked meats. And then, um, then you take a little bit more supplements right after that. Then lunch is like this like smoothie concoction. Um, and then you can have like salad or something like that. And then uh, another supplement before in between. And then uh, dinner is more like uh, fish, so um, but it has to be wild caught, right? Uh, quality over quantity, right? Um, and then after that, you take your last supplements for the night, and do the same thing tomorrow. So that was to me when we had talked about it. That was one of the things that really stood out to me was that when we were talking about this, like slow cook meat in the morning and wild caught fish. It almost seems like really like primal and like mm -hmm. almost like it's going back to like ancestrally like how we should be eating yeah does that yeah. sound kind of right yeah i mean i think that um you know going along with the strong food protocol it's a little reversed right because right. we want to have proteins at night sure but um you know it hasn't like i've been tracking my sleep and everything and it hasn't gone down sure. that much um so it's 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 working right. i think yeah i don't feel like a Cause you know, like people want to feel like a huge difference right. at first. I don't feel a huge difference, but I definitely feel like it's, um, helping. Well, some would argue at this point, right? Like yeah. we don't want a few huge swings, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, like if you wake up from a workout and you're excessively sore and you can't straighten your arms, like, yeah. we have a problem, right? Yeah. So like the reality is, is like, we want marginal changes that are realistic to sustain for long terms. Right? True, true. Um, I think that was that when I heard smoked i was like it's, or slow cooked i was like yeah. that's interesting right yeah and the wild fish was interesting i think to me one of the things that like the correlations between the, the strong fit protocol which we endorsed earlier and this is that in the end they're both revolving around the idea of like taking you back to a place where you're eating more like ancestral based yeah you know like i don't you don't hear a lot of diets that that specialize or specify that you want slow cooked meats, right? I've heard wild caught fish a ton, but yeah. the idea behind slow cooked meat really stood out to me. And it, and it made me envision this world of like Native Americans sitting on a fire, yeah. right? Where like they don't have control temp, like, exactly. and they're working on just like keeping the meat away from the fire as much as they can so they can keep it, it slower cooking, right? It doesn't <laughs> yeah. burn off, right? <laughs> and what you don't, what, what a thing, the thing we don't think about that much is that like, you're talking about a population of people that didn't have open access mm -hmm. to, to food like we do now, right? Yeah. So like, if I burn my dinner, like Chick-fil-A is still open, right? I can delete that. Yeah. Um, I don't want to, but I can. Yeah. Whereas when you like, again, talk about like ancestrally, you're talking about these people that are 
protecting their food, right? Yeah. Like at all costs, like they're using salt to preserve meats and like they're eating aged meat and they're eating smoked meat and stuff like that because that's the safest way to not mess up the food, right? Yeah. And so those are one of the things that like couldn't kind of stood out to me because you'll hear like raw vegans talk a lot about like, oh, holding nutrient density because it gets cooked off under temperature, right? Mm -hmm. So like you want to eat raw, yeah. um, raw as best you can or yeah. like lightly softened, yeah. right? And so that to me was like what I thought was probably the most interesting. Yeah. Does it kind of feel like primal to you? It does. I mean, it definitely is very, you know, going back to like, like you said, like uh, back in the day, we didn't have access to, to uh, control the temperature of the fire and all that. But, um, you know, the, the biggest thing that really stood out to me when hearing about the protocol was that um, people that had allergies prior to like gluten and lactose and all that kind of stuff, they were solving that problem. Yeah. And so it's, it was, when I heard it, this is what went off in my head. I was like, okay, if we, if we treat the gut and we give it the things that it needs, um, to break down all these things that we're eating, consuming on a daily basis, then we'd probably be better off, right? Because there's so many people that, like my brother-in-law, for example, is very gluten intolerant, very lactose intolerant. Like if he has any of that, like with lethargy, with, with, with feeling tired all the time. Sure, there it is. <laughs> sure. Um, and, you know, like, you know, bowel movements, all that kind of stuff. Um, but there are like very minor allergies, like sure. you could have it and build up somewhat of a tolerance, but right. it wouldn't be that great. And he would have like stomach aches all the time. But with this protocol, it's like clean, like basically like clean the gut out, give it the right nutrients, right? Give it the, the things that it needs to break down all of this food that we eat that's already readily available, um, and be able to take the nutrients that we need from it. So it was like, um, it's almost like giving, like we had, our gut was basically like the 300. Right. Like we only have 300 guys to fight off thousands and thousands of right. warriors. Whereas this protocol, I feel like is like, you only have 300 guys, we're going to give you 10,000. Right. And now you can fight off pretty much anyone. Right. So that's kind of like my, my thought process when I heard about it and kind of what um, my coach was talking about. Um, but I will see, I'm not sure if it's going to be like that for me, but, um, that's the hope. And that's, that's basically like the thought process that I had. Well, I mean, that's, and that's what we've talked about a lot from the beginning, right? Like I stand by this idea that like most of the things that happen to our bodies are due to undigested things. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, like, uh, a vegan would, would argue that protein causes colon cancer. Mm -hmm. Well, like undigested protein probably does cause colon cancer, yeah. right? So there's some truth to that. Um, digested protein is neutralized and utilized throughout the body, right? And to me, what what it sounds like is that the, this diet is prepping you to be able to, to digest all of the nutrients that you put in your body, yeah. which to me is interesting because I think when you look at people that are like, when you look at our culture of people that are overweight, that's one of the things I really wonder, right? Is that a lot of the food we eat is full of like, I mean, garbage, like loose metals and um, chemicals and all kinds of crap, right? Yeah. And so what I wonder, and I, and you know, I think this will play out as time goes on, um, or maybe it won't, I don't know. I don't know if the food industry will ever let it get out, but I wonder if 
this is stuff that we literally can't digest, right? Yeah. Like when you look at what's in Cheetos, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of things we can't pronounce. And if you look at Cheetos in like Europe and other countries that are protecting their people a little bit more, um, they're, a lot of the stuff is banned, like mm -hmm. literally banned. Like yeah. if you see Cheetos from England and Cheetos from here and you look at the ingredient profiles, they're not the same. There's someone you can call, you could follow on Instagram. Her name is The Food Babe. And um, she's a nutritionist who compares food. And it's really interesting to see like how in America there's so much carcinogens in the food. Yeah. And so if I can't digest the carcinogens, like what happens to them? Where do they go? Yeah. They, they're somewhere in my body still. And this is what I wonder is like tumors. And I wonder if this yeah. is cancer, right? Mm -hmm. um, but this diet is interesting because theoretically you're able to digest, digest it, yeah. everything, right? Which means you don't need as much food which historically we know that we never ate this much, yeah. right? Um, now that said, what I think is really interesting here is is like, and one of the things I always admired about Kai is that Kai's like, I don't know, let's try it, right? And so he has a problem, he finds a solution, right? Now, we don't really think this way in terms of like the way, way we do things in terms of trying things out, but we essentially do in scientific method, right? Exactly. Like baseline scientific method. Mm -hmm. So Kai, I know we looked this up together already, so we know the answers to the question, but <laughs> can you break down the steps of a sign of basic scientific method? Yeah. So for those who didn't pay attention in science class, because uh, <laughs> I didn't anyway. Um, so it's basically you, you make an observation, right? Like, Oh, there's a problem, right? Uh, then you ask a question form a hypothesis, which is an educated guess. Uh, and then you make a prediction and you test the prediction and use the results to make a new prediction or a new hypothesis. Right. Right. So basically breaking that down. Right. Um, and so for my story, right. Um, I made an observation. Uh, I had, I knew I had something going on in my gut. I knew that because of, um, the new studies coming out that the gut has a lot of neurons and affects the way that we think and, right. and our behaviors and stuff like that. So I wanted to find something to help with that. Right. So I asked myself a question, where can I go to clean my gut to get it, uh, to get it healthier and, and, uh, just get better. Um, so then I formed a hypothesis of, of maybe this protocol would help. Right. Right. And went and talked to my coach and was like, let's, let's do it. <laughs> Um, so my prediction, I guess, is that I'll be able to break things down better, right? right. I've already seen that a little bit, um, cause, um, I kind of gave myself that 80, 20 rule. Sure. <laughs> so anytime that I had like things that were not congruent with the protocol, um, I didn't feel as bad afterwards, right? Like before I would have like a bag of chips or something and, or like ice cream or something and my stomach would immediately feel horrible. Right. But now going through the protocol, having all these supplements and, and, and giving my gut the, the right nutrients and things like that, um, I get my stomach didn't hurt that bad right. afterwards. Um, and it wasn't like a severe uh, change. Um, but, you know, and I talked to my coach because I still felt a little lethargic sure. um, throughout. But he was saying um, the next phase was just getting rid of the uh, negative gram bacteria that that is going to help more with that right feeling tired. So, um, so right now it's not getting rid of the bacteria, but it's, it's giving my gut a, a better foundation. So, um, you know, now it's just testing the prediction, right? right. Seeing what's going to happen the next phase and the phase after that. 
Um, and then utilizing that, like, okay, did it work for me? It worked for me. Um, who else has this problem? And, yeah. and then go, go to them, tell them about the protocol. I mean, essentially, I want to learn the protocol, but we'll see. The, mo- we'll the best you happens. can, right? Yeah. Well, and I think that to me is what's interesting is like, so now we have one, like you have a new data point mm-hmm. to work with, right? Like yeah. you you understand something about your body, which is nice. Yeah. But you also, from a practitioner standpoint, have exposure to some other realm of thought that's yeah. different from something you, you've had prior, yeah. which makes you more intelligent, gives you more tools, gives you, makes you essentially a better carpenter, right? Your tool yeah. belt has just gotten bigger from the amount of effort and energy you've learned. So now you can talk to this and yeah. help people, right? And if anything, like, even if you find just basic supplements out of the diet that are useful, like those are useful too, right? Yeah, for sure. And so I think that to me is why scientific method is so important for us as practitioners. Um, You know, for me, like I had anxiety when I first was going to massage school and when I met Kai, right, I was really struggling with like, so now what, right? And I had anxiety when I walked into massage school, right? Because I was changing careers altogether, right? I knew I wanted to lean into this PT world. And so I didn't know what to do with that. I just was continuing to seek knowledge and trying to better myself so I can find answers. You know, I meet Kai and Kai's like, hey, FRC exists. You should check it out. I think it'd be cool for you. I find FRC. I dig deep in FRC. I find, I start testing out those protocols. I start using FRC's method of treatment on myself, solve a lot of my own problems, um, continue to build out that skill set. Next thing you know, I use it every day. Yeah. Right. And then some, my whole practice is based on function. Right. Yeah. And so this is the, the idea for scientific method to me, which becomes really important is if you're somebody who has a lot of anxiety and are really struggling with trying to figure out solutions to your life, it comes down to finding some, some sort of answers, right? Like anxiety is a function calling for change, but we have to evaluate the problem. And so when I look down at the scientific method, this idea of observation becomes really important because yeah. Like, why am I struggling? What's the observation in that struggle? Mm -hmm. And if it's, you know, um, I'm in an unhappy marriage, Mm -hmm. right? Well, what makes my marriage unhappy? And you can keep digging, right? And so then you can ask the question, right? Like, if we go to therapy, does it get better? Yeah. Right. Okay. And then we form a hypothesis. I believe therapy is useful because I've done the research on therapy and couples therapy seems to be the the solution to my problem. Great. We make the prediction. We test the prediction, right? Here's the thing in the end, if it doesn't work, right, then we go back to the drawing board. We go back to observation. If it does work, we found solutions to our problems. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, going back to this idea of anxiety and having people really struggling with where they are in their lives, um, having some sort of plan of action becomes so important, right? Because what, so, okay, great. I have anxiety. Now what? Right. Like I don't feel safe in my home. Mm-hmm. Now what? Like, how do we create that change? Yeah. And so, you know, this to me is a really useful tool. And I think something I've used historically without even really knowing I've used it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I know Kai, you're kind of in the same boat, right? Yeah. And I do want to add just because uh, some people might benefit from it, but there's, there's differences between subjective observation and objective. Right observation right so subjective is what you think right right? um objective is kind of like that truth right Right. so um you know a lot of 
the times when we're talking to people about, you know, fitness and losing weight and, and all that. And then we get to like stress level. Like, where do you think your stress level is at? It's a very subjective observation for people. Right. But then when you hear, um, like we talked about with Garrett, right. Um, and he was talking about asking the guy like, okay, do you drink coffee? So guys, Garrett Wood. Yeah. Therapist came on yeah. two podcasts back. Just type in Garrett Wood. You'll pop up. Go on. Go listen. Good listen. Um, but yeah, so he was talking about like stress level. The guy thought, you know, I'm not that stressed. Like he gave it like a three or four and then said, okay, well, he's, you know, trying to lose weight. He's trying to build muscle, all that. He's like, okay, I, I drink coffee. I have a high stress job. Uh, I don't like the way that I look, blah, blah, blah. Like all these things, right, that are objective because he's listening to Garrett asking right. these questions. Then he realizes like, oh, wow, yeah, my stress level is really high. So, you know, the same thing goes with anxiety, right? Like. Do you drink coffee? Right. Do you uh, have we, a high stress? Do you have a lot of carbs? Do you have a lot of carbs? Right. Are you eating carbs in the morning and at right. night? Right. Like, when are you timing your carbs? Are you right. getting good sleep? Like all these things that then make them objective to you that then make you realize like, oh, there is a problem. Right. Because right? a lot of people, I think, are what we call like high functioning anxiety. I right? 100%. Um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. No. But if they're not using it correctly, then it could be detrimental to their health so when you could argue that anxiety drove you to make the decision you made with the nutrition protocol exactly, yeah. drove me to make the decision to quit mortgage yeah. like again like anxiety isn't a bad yeah. thing right yeah it really depends on how you react to it and how right. you utilize it right, right. Um, and the change that comes from it yeah like it could be very positive right um, so i just wanted to make that distinction for a lot of people that you know they have friends that think that you think need change in their life but to them, they may not think, oh, I need to, 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 to use that, or I think I need change, uh, or I think I'm not that stressed, or I don't have anxiety, I don't have this, they're like in denial. Um, you know, something that you can do to help them is just ask questions, right? right. And, and don't have any uh, assumptions of like, oh, you need help. It's just, hey, you know, what's going on? Um, and, and really get that objective observation for them. I think it yeah. would, would be helpful for them. I think the, to, to further that as well, I think this is why it's so important to have objective people in your world that yeah. you respect, care about, trust. You know, um, I have a patient that I worked with um, a long time ago. Yeah. Like, don't currently work with her still. And she'll send me text messages all the time, ask me questions or things like that. She's looking for objective answers, uh, some of which is just framework around like therapy based stuff, which really isn't my thing, but she thinks that I can offer her some objective information and respects my opinion. And I'm more than happy to, to offer that when I can. The value of that to her, and I may downplay that, but the value of that to her is something really special because what she ends up with is somebody who she respects and cares about who's offering information that potentially can help her. Yeah. So I think, you know, leaning on people around you that you trust, respect, and even if that means paying them, Right. Like, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that like paying them is a bad thing. I know Kai, you work with a coach, right? Um, I went to therapy. Like sometimes you have to seek answers to help you get to scientific method. And I think having a clear projection of how you're going to get to your goal becomes important. And I think scientific method is that approach, right? Yeah. Um, guys out there, give it a try. Yeah. Sit down, like yeah. look into the observation, ask the questions, form a hypothesis, make a prediction, test that prediction, 
and then use the results to make a new prediction. Like, I think the reality of that is, is there's a chance that Kai does this diet and it doesn't do anything for him. That's okay. Like Kai has went out, he tried something, it didn't work. He's smarter for it. He's better for it. On the other hand, if the diet works, this could be life-changing. Yeah. It could literally change everything for you and it can make digestion a whole different thing, right? So some of it is risk mitigation. And if you don't take that risk, if you're afraid Mm -hmm. to take a risk, you're never going to get any sort of solvency. And so sometimes we perform experiments that don't work. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times. (laughs) Um, But if I would have never left mortgage, I'd never be where I am today. And I'll tell you, there's been plenty of times where where I am today didn't seem feasible or realistic. And I wanted to just turn around and go back to my six-figure job that was waiting for me. And I didn't. And I created a six-figure career that made me significantly happier um, and allowed me to be the person I want to be. So, you know, sometimes like the risk is worth it. Right. Yeah. And it's okay to make those, those delineations. Yeah. You have anything you want to add to that? Um, takes exposure. Takes exposure, which brings us to our next podcast. What? That's so weird. It's almost like we planned that. So guys, we're going to go into um, exposure therapy here next week and just talk about um, how exposure therapy can build off of scientific method and ways you can use exposure therapy to benefit your life. Um, yeah. So that said, guys, uh, we are all done for here today. Yep. We'll see you next week on the Flippity Flop. Flippity you can reach flop. me at root, root.solution on Facebook and Instagram. And you can find me at uh, Control the Basics. So we'll see you guys later. Peace out.